Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial Agcast from the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture. I'm Jim Mintert, Director of Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture, and joining me today is Michael Langemeyer, Associate Director of the Center and Professor of Ag Economics at Purdue. Today's podcast focuses on results from the April Ag Economy Barometer Survey. So thanks for joining us today, Michael. You're welcome. So the barometer took another nosedive in April. Uh, we dropped to 96 from a reading of 121 a month earlier, and just two months ago, we were at 168. So it's been kind of a stunning reversal of fortune for the barometer here the last couple of months. Yeah, it's definitely been a seesaw, and and uh, and uh, you know, and uh, definitely one of the things that was really interesting about this month's results is we we reached a lower point than where we were at last May, um, and last May we were only at about a hundred, uh, and so it's even lower than that. And, and remember, last May we were having all kinds of planting difficulties, and, and prices were not very good. And so uh, I I thought it was quite remarkable that we dropped below last May's index. Yeah, the other thing that I noticed, Michael, was the fact that that 96 is the lowest reading we've had since October of 2016. And many times we've talked about the fact that the barometer really surged following the 2016 election. This is the first time we've dropped back below to a level that we had essentially before uh, the 2016 election. So we've given up all of the gains that we achieved following that 2016 election in terms of the improvement in sentiment. If you take a look at the index of current conditions and the index of future expectations, those both declined pretty sharply as well. That index of current conditions was down to a reading of 72. Um, that's actually the lowest reading we've ever had on the index of current conditions. Uh, it's down from a reading of 111 the prior month. Just two months ago, that uh, index was at 154. And the index of future expectations fell pretty sharply as well. Not quite as sharply as the index of current conditions, but it was down significantly as well. And I think the biggest surprise here, Jim, was the fact that the index of future expectations dropped as much as it, uh, as much as it did. I mean, obviously the current price levels are very low compared to what they were two, three months ago, but usually the index of future expectations is, is more based on what they think 2021 and, and and onward is gonna look like. And so uh, that's pretty pessimistic uh, with respect to that index of future expectations. Yeah, that's a good point. Although there was a difference, a pretty significant difference between those oh, two indices. Uh, let's just think about the numbers here. The index of current conditions was down, uh, what, 39 points. And the index of future expectations only fell 18 points. So I think people did retain more optimism about the future than they did with respect to current conditions, but um, still it was, it indicates that there's some serious pessimism out there, but definitely more of it on the front end uh, rather than farther in the future. And I think it points to that, that individuals expect this COVID-19 situation to have legs past uh, 2020. And I think that's a very important point. Yeah, certainly extending into 2021. Um, how far beyond that, I think, is maybe open to question. So it's always interesting to look at how people view uh, whether or not now is a good time or a bad time to make large investments in their farming operation. Of course, that's what the Farm Capital Investment Index is about. 
that index dropped to the lowest reading we've had in a long, long time. In fact, I think one of the lowest we've ever had at a reading of 38. Um, that was down from 54 a month earlier. And just two months ago, we were at 72, which was not quite, but almost as high as it's ever been. I think the all-time high in the Farm Capital Investment Index since we've been collecting data going back to 2015 is uh, 75. So we've gone from close to an all-time high to close to an all-time low on that Farm Capital Investment Index in just two months. Yes, and it definitely reflects the drop in prices and then just the drop in, in net return prospects much lower uh, today than what it was two, three months ago. Yeah, I think it reflects what people are doing in this kind of an environment, which is the first thing you do is you want to preserve working capital. Um, the first thing you do there is pull back on capital expenditures, and that's exactly what this index is measuring, I think, with respect to attitudes. Um, let's just think a little bit about how sharply commodity prices did decline over that roughly two-month time frame. I went back and looked. If you go back to the beginning of March, and I used uh, March 2nd as my starting date, and then I used the last date that we were collecting information for this month's barometer, which was April 24th. During that time frame, July corn futures were down 55 cents a bushel. That was down 15%. July soybean futures declined 71 cents per bushel. That was down about 8%. Uh, June lean hog futures declined 25.50 per hundredweight. That's down one-third, 33%. And June live cattle futures over that same time frame declined $21.35 a hundredweight. That was a decline of 21%. I think that explains a lot of what was going on with the barometer this month. The collapse in commodity prices across the board uh, really was reflected in that decline in, in optimism or losses of lost optimism that we saw in the barometer and in that. Yeah, definitely. And, and one of the things that we do uh, with the ag economy barometers, we have an open-ended question uh, that we ask people at the end end of the uh, telephone survey. And this month, even though we even though we have less than twenty percent of our producers are in the beef industry or have a primary uh, primary enterprise is beef. Uh, two words that, that rose to the top or were the largest uh, in terms of that word cloud were cattle and packers. Uh, and, and, so, and so obviously this is a, this is a huge concern uh, you know, related to these drop in prices. Yeah, people are very concerned and with good reason when you think about the magnitude of the price decline that we experience. So a couple of the questions that we pretty routinely ask people on the barometer is we ask them about their farmland price expectations and we try to get a short run expectation by asking people what they think is gonna happen in the next 12 months. And then we follow up by asking what they think is gonna happen over the next five years. And the responses to those two questions this month were pretty interesting. You might share that with us a little bit here, Mike. Yeah, it, first of all, if you look back in January and February, February, uh, only 13% of the individuals that we surveyed expected lower farmland prices. Uh, and that was lower than the percent that expected higher farmland prices uh, in this last go around in April, 35% or, or more than one third of the, of the people that we surveyed expect lower farmland prices and a very small percent, less than 10%, uh, think we're going to have higher farmland prices. And so a lot of negativity uh, regarding farmland in the next 12 months. And that was in contrast to what people were telling us with respect to the five-year expectations. In fact, 
the five-year expectations for farmland values were actually a little more positive on the April survey than they were in March, with 44% of the respondents telling us they expected to see higher farmland prices. That was up from 41% a month earlier, and only 9% said they expected to see lower farmland prices five years ahead versus 12% a month earlier. So again, we were talking earlier about how long the impact of the COVID-19 might kind of hang over the ag markets. I think this gives us kind of an indication. People expect it to hang around for maybe the rest of 2020, spilling over into 2021. But when you look farther into the future, people have retained some optimism about what's going to take place in the agricultural economy. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. And, and it just points out the, uh, the difference between the index of current conditions and the index of future expectations, uh, just like you said. The index of future expectations was down, uh, but it wasn't down near as much as the index of current conditions. And that's very consistent with the uh, farmland prices uh, 12 months out and, and five years from now. So we asked a series of questions this month to learn a little bit more about what people were thinking with respect to the COVID-19 situation. The first one we asked was, what is your number one concern regarding your farm and the COVID-19 situation? And 42%, four out of 10, said that market access was their number one concern. Uh, 37% uh, said it was financial. And I was a little surprised, only 13% said that they were, their number one concern was health and safety. However, it's kind of interesting, if the follow-up question we asked them was, have you implemented any changes in your farm operation in response to concerns about COVID-19? And 35%, just over one third, said they'd already made some changes. So I think um, maybe that kind of offsets that 13% a little bit and suggests that maybe there's a little more concern out there than, and than what we did uh, pick up on that initial question. But uh, clearly people are worried about the impact of COVID-19 on their farming operation. That's definitely the case. And one of the things we have to keep in mind here, even though we don't have specific information about the entities uh, that these people, uh, people have, quite a few of these people would be sole proprietors. And you, when you think of health and safety, uh, you know, you usually think of that as in terms of employees. And so quite a few of these people probably don't have employees. Uh, and so I, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, the health and safety was as low as it was. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so then we followed up and said, uh, how worried are you about the impact of the coronavirus on your farm's profitability this year? And that's the second month in a row we've asked that question. This month, 67%, uh, roughly two thirds of the respondents said they were either fairly worried or very worried. That was down a little bit compared to last month. I think last month we had 73 or 74% of the respondents saying they were fairly worried or very worried. But in both of those cases, it's a high percentage of the farmers out there that say they're concerned about what this is gonna do to their farm's profitability. And so finally, the last question we asked is, uh, as of today, do you expect your farm's financial position to be better than, worse than, or about the same as last year? And it really showed up here that people are very concerned about their financial situation. Yeah, very consistent with the question related to market access and finance. It was a fairly large percent that were worried about both of those. That ties in directly to the answers to this question. A full 55% expect their financial position to be worse uh, than it was uh, last year. Uh, that's up from 40% uh, in March, uh, March of this year. And, uh, and, and if, we, if we compare that to last, you know, last April, 
uh, only 27% uh, thought their financial position was going to be worse. And so there's a lot of concern uh, out there, as you'd expect, uh, given the huge drop in the, in the index of, of, of current conditions. Yeah, that's a big swing. And I think that year-to-year comparison is really the one to maybe focus on, Michael, that 55% say they expect to see a worse financial uh, performance this year than last year. And a year ago this time, it was just 27%. That's a huge change over, over the course of a year. And, and you know, normally yeah, you think 2019 about 2019 for, you know, for a lot of producers, uh, you know, for example, for crop producers was not that good a year. Uh, and so that just puts that in perspective that uh, prospects for this year are, are not real good. Yeah, good point. And I guess we did wrap up with one more question. We said, uh, do you anticipate your farm applying for one of the federal government's financial assistance programs available as a result of the COVID-19 situation? Of course, there's more than one possibility. The one we were kind of thinking of when we wrote the question was uh, the PPP program, but there's others as well. 54%, over half of the people in our survey said they have anticipated uh, applying for one of those programs. So again, I think that reinforces the idea that people feel there's a real financial difficulty out there facing U.S. agriculture and the farm economy. And also there's concerns about, about their, their loan situation. You know, one of the, you know, one of the programs out there does, does help uh, you know, help uh, with with some loan situation, and I I think this just shows you that there's just a lot of concern about about being able to pay loans uh, and 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 having enough money uh, to operate this year. So thanks for joining us, Michael. That kind of wraps up our discussion. Uh, just as a reminder, you can get a lot more detail on the barometer at purdue.edu/agbarometer. That's the site devoted to the ag barometer. Um, The next Ag Economy Barometer will be released on June 2nd. Um, And of course, this podcast, if you're just listening to this for the first time, you can subscribe to the podcast. There's a link on that Ag Economy Barometer website where you can subscribe. And in between barometers, we're covering other topics as well. So, but all of them related to commercial agriculture. And then finally, we do have our next webinar scheduled for uh, Friday, May 15th at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. And that's going to focus on really the whole ag outlook, probably a little more emphasis on the crop side, but nevertheless, we'll be talking about crops and livestock during that, uh, during that webinar. Uh, Michael and I'll be doing that together. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. So that wraps up our podcast. For more economic informa- information, just visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Ag's website, purdue.edu slash commercial ag. And on behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture uh, and Michael Langemeyer, I'm Jim Minner. Thanks for listening. 